Welcome to Boy Boy Time Podcast. We're gonna get lady time, yeah. Oh, it's your boy, Boy Time Podcast. Coming in with the slam dunk of a theme song. Hi, ho, ho, it's me, Stanley Kubrick, back at it again with a new episode of the Boy Time Podcast. And as always, I'm joined by Babby. <coughs> Paul's not here. I don't remember if he was here last time. I don't think he was. I don't think he was. Yeah. Um, sounds like for the foreseeable future, Paul won't be on here. Um, he said at least two to three weeks, maybe more. Um, medical stuff has been spiking again, so he's just tired all the time. So can't quite uh, get on on here very regularly but that's okay we'll power on without him hopefully he'll be back on soon enough but fine uh we had a pretty slow week i would say for the most part uh and then today happened and just a bunch of stuff got announced i don't know what happened today but i'm glad meeting is finally good for a while (laughs) i know i know i was so happy i'm like man this is gonna be a 30 minute episode um but then a lot of stuff got announced and a lot of stuff that we'll probably talk about. So interesting stuff for sure. Um, and then uh, in terms of movies that I watched this week, I watched the Three Colors trilogy. Um, I don't know how well known this trilogy is. It's a little... I, I wouldn't say it's, it's very well known. But it's by a Polish guy. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. I believe his name is like Krzysztof Szeszlowski. I know I'm butchering it. <laughs> but there's like five consonants next to each other. So I don't know what you expect from me. It's a Polish name. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a little three little colors. There's blue, white, and red. You should watch them in that order if you don't listen to the rest of the podcast and you eventually happen across the trilogy. I watched like 10 minutes of Red uh, just because I didn't think there was an order. Like they're all different genres. They aren't really connected. Um, But I was like looking it up as I was watching the first 10 minutes of Red and then I was like, oh, wait, I'm watching the last one first. I probably shouldn't do that. So I'll talk about that briefly. Um, and we do have The Last of Us to talk about. It wasn't a huge episode. Uh, they tend to, (laughs) I mean, they seem to save their, like, big emotional, big heavy-hitting episodes for the odd-numbered ones. Yeah, that's what I said last week. I'm like, every other episode is the big boy. (laughs) Uh, but there are moments in this one that I do kind of want to talk about, Mm -hmm. because they did a few things differently, um that I was actually a very big fan of. So, real. We'll get into that. But we'll start with gaming, first of all. Uh, before today, we had zero gaming news, and now we have three things to talk about. So there we go. Um, again, well, this might be where the timing is actually hurting us, because PlayStation did announce a new state of play that is going to be on Thursday. Um, it doesn't sound like it's going to be anything huge. This isn't going to be a big, uh, thing. We're not going to see what Naughty Dog's doing or any, any big AAA first party 
PlayStation thing. Um, they they say it's going to be the PlayStation VR two news, which I believe it is out by now. I think it just came out today as of us recording this. Maybe maybe not. <laughs> but I saw that there was a launch trailer released and I think it's out this week. So maybe some news on games coming for it. I'm not sure. Uh, there's going to be third party reveals. And then it sounds like there's going to be about 15 minutes of that Suicide Squad game by Rocksteady. Um, now, I didn't talk about this when the leaks were coming out, but there was kind of a substantial leak about this game a couple weeks ago that maybe is not looking good. Uh, when the two DC kind of games were announced... Um, both made by studios that made the Arkham games. Rocksteady, of course, made the trilogy that I would say are the ones that you should probably play. They're, they're very, very good. And then I believe it's a team out in, it's either Vancouver or Montreal. It's, it's Canada because they have tax breaks in uh, one Canadian province. I forget which one it is. Um, and they made Arkham Origins, which is not as good as the other Arkham ones, but it's okay. And the team that made Arkham Origins made Arkham Knights, and Rocksteady is making the Suicide Squad game. So when both of those games were announced, I was like, it's probably... I, I think the Arkham Knights one, eh, I'm feeling iffy on it, but the Suicide Squad one, I, I learned to trust Rocksteady. So that one will probably be the good one. Arkham Knights came out. I don't feel like anybody is talking about it. I kind of forgot it came out. I don't even know. I, I could see what the the Steam reviews are. Um, let me see. Because I think it came out on Steam. Or maybe not. Did that game not come out? I thought that it did, though. I thought it did. Oh, it's Gotham Knights. Sorry, that's my bad. Yeah, that came out in October of last year. Um, it is, it's mixed on Steam, so, and it's Montreal, so there you go. Um, and then there was some leaks with the Suicide Squad game, uh, it was like a week after a trailer that came out about it that had Batman in it, because they wanted to showcase that this is going to be Kevin Conroy's last role as Batman, which is, I'm glad that they they did that. They kind of dedicated the trailer to Kevin Conroy, um, who I think is maybe the best Batman, um, except for maybe Robert Pattinson. I really, really liked his performance in the new one. But, um, yeah, they did that, and then there were some leaks, and it looks like that this game is going to be um, a classic live-service season-pass multiplayer game. Um, which is not what Rocksteady is known for, believe it or not. Like I was, I was kind of hoping for a, uh, like a, a narrative and, um, uh, like a, like just a story that you can play with your friends or with, or by yourself. Um, and it looks like that there, there's going to be a focus on live service, which means that the game is going to release half finished and then it maybe will be finished like two years later. I don't know. 
So that's a little disappointing. But I guess we'll see. 15 minutes of gameplay is going to come out on Thursday, so we'll see what happens with that. So there you go. That's it for PlayStation News. Um, Blumhouse. Didn't think I was going to be talking about this in gaming. Um, but there is a movie studio, Blumhouse Studios. They've made one good movie. And, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's Get Out. But I feel like that doesn't even really count. It doesn't feel like a Blumhouse movie. Um, if you think of, like... Think of, like, the, the shittiest horror movie that's come out in, like, the last two years. Maybe think of, like, like a, 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 that Five Nights at Freddy's, the Willy's Wonderland thing that with Nick Cage. I'm sure that was a Blumhouse thing. Um, Blumhouse is a studio that greenlights everything. Um, the marvel of horror movies. They, they really are. They aren't connected. <laughs> um... But there was, it's it's by this guy named Jason Blum, and he's a very prestigious. I went. I don't know about prestigious. I, he's prolific, is what he is. He he is a very prolific producer who produced like Paranormal Activity and Insidious and The Purge, um, stuff like that. He he is known for making these like big old horror franchises that have become kind of mainstays. Um, so he formed his own company and he's just like, I'm going to green light everything. Cause you know, something's got to stick and one thing did stick and that's get out. Um, but I'm sure I'm going to get some flack for that. Cause I'm sure there's been other good Blumhouse movies, but the vast majority of what they release is like, z-tier horror movies and then every once in a while they will come out with like oh that's interesting like they they released like black phone that one with um ethan hawk oh yeah last year and i think they did megan um i think they're like they would have done that yeah uh let me see i'm looking at their wikipedia page right now uh, they, oh, they are working on the untitled Five Nights at Freddy's movie, yeah, so that's gonna be good. Let's go. Yeah. I hope they make that into a game. That would, you know, they might. Oh, apparently they produced... The movie game. <laughs> they might. Uh, interestingly, they produced Whiplash. Oh. That's not a horror movie. Uh, well, kind of. That's not, yeah. <laughs> kind of. That's up to interpretation. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, so they've they've launched a new studio called Blumhouse Games. Um, it's a studio that will produce original horror video games for moral, mobile, PC, and consoles. I have zero faith in this. And and this is someone who doesn't play horror games at all, really. But. Uh, yeah, I, I have no faith that they are going to produce anything good here. Um, but who knows? Maybe there will be one get out in a sea of trash horror games. I mean, it's likely they greenlight everything. So something's got to stick. People watch them. People like jump scares. So just put a few of those away with like a trashy fun game more than you could like a trashy fun movie. True. I feel, like, I feel like you could do it. 
True. I guess Five Nights at Freddy's, like the original one, is just a trashy jump scare factory. Yes. Eventually, they did kind of up the production value a little bit. Made but the it, main game is still just. But yeah, the main game. Cameras and <laughs> go, ah, when the funny <laughs> bear pops out at you. Yeah. Or something. That actually is the perfect property for Blumhouse to adapt, actually. That is like their entire business yeah. model. It's like weird stuff um, like that. So we'll see. We'll see when the new games get announced from Blumhouse uh, games. But that that is that's going on. That's a thing. Also a thing. Microsoft made a big announcement today. Ooh. A shocking announcement, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, uh, so I guess for a little bit of context, Microsoft is currently looking to buy Activision because um, they just want to collect an infinity gauntlet of all of the most controversial companies in the gaming industry, I suppose. Did it with Blizzard. Now they're looking to acquire Activision. Uh, and so, but that's been, I guess, a little bit up in the air. I don't think it's completely finalized. Like, I believe there's been some antitrust stuff in the EU that has been kind of messing with it. Um, but I guess they're still acting as if they do own Activision. Uh, and that has raised a lot of questions because Activision owns uh, Call of Duty. Everything. Uh, yeah. But mostly Call of Duty. <laughs> That's really what uh, yeah. uh, this the big debate has kind of come down to because Call of Duty is one of the biggest franchises in gaming. And traditionally, well, I don't want to know about traditionally, but at least recently it's been tied with PlayStation as being not an exclusive, but like you get a little... You get betas early, stuff yeah, like that. Content early. Yeah, um, and like the the trailers for it will be like play on PlayStation, whatever. Every every game has that, even if it, they're not exclusive. Uh, now Microsoft owns it, so now it's like up in the air whether one of the biggest franchises in gaming is even going to make it to the PlayStation, because this would be a huge get. If if Microsoft made COD exclusive to the Xbox, then that would take a huge, a, like a big player base that exclusively plays COD. Like the casual gamer, I mean, they already have an Xbox, but uh, now they really have a reason to get an Xbox because it's the only one that plays COD. Um, and so, but I think Xbox has been pretty transparent in the fact that like yeah we are going to keep it on playstation i think they said something where it's going to be on uh playstation for at least the next three releases and then sony got really salty about that because they wanted more i guess but it's like hey take it <laughs> it's like i mean even getting it for three new releases is better than getting it for zero uh and then microsoft before any of the PlayStation stuff has been finalized, Sony is still upset. Nintendo is just like, yo, can we get COD for the next 10 years? And then Microsoft's like, yeah, we're going to get COD on the Switch for 10 years. I don't know who's going to be playing COD on a Switch. Yeah. But. They can't even make games that work on the like consoles that people play them on. How are they going to do that on the Switch? 
<laughs> yeah, and I, I I saw something. I think one article I I was reading about this said that like Nvidia was kind of teaming up with this to like help stream the game because the game is are going to be too big to fit on a Switch. So like all of these yeah. COD games are going to have to stream. Yeah. And that's not good. <laughs> none of those none of those work on the Switch. Well, it doesn't really work in general, but especially it doesn't work on a Switch. I remember the ports that they I had Call of Duty 4 for the Nintendo DS. And Yo. It played about as well as you thought it would. So I don't know how <laughs> they're going to do this. <laughs> they're going to try their hardest, I guess. Um so, yeah, in a statement, Microsoft was like, "Yes, it is going to be on the Switch for the next 10 years, same day as they come out on Xbox. And then he also said, we are also going to be releasing them on Steam. So you're not going to, I guess, Battle.net. Is that just a thing of the past now? Yes, I'm kind of happy about it. Yeah, because I feel like all of the, the Blizzard stuff, is that on the Xbox Game Pass app thing now? Um, I think most of it is. I haven't used Battle.net in like forever. So there you go. I mean, yeah, I think it's smart. I guess maybe Overwatch would be the only thing. Is Overwatch on Steam? No, I don't think so. I think it's only on Battle.net still. That's unfortunate. I think it's on Xbox. Is it? I think so. Okay. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to open it up because it's going to crash my computer. Um, but, yeah, so that that's a little weird. We'll see what Sony says about this. I'm sure they're going to be upset because I'm sure this is the treatment that they wanted. <laughs> I'm sure they wanted it for 10 years, um, which I guess I get. If they thought that this was attainable, then they maybe they should have been a little salty. But, eh, you know. All right, let's, let's move on to uh, show news, I guess. Uh, I don't have a lot of show news, but one thing I am kind of interested in. Um, so Steven Spielberg, hot off of the trails of the Fablemans, which I would consider to be one of his best movies. It's very, very good. Uh, he announced the next thing he's working on, and it's not it's not an adaptation of a Disney movie like he's done a couple times. It's not a big blockbuster. It's going to be a seven-part limited series for HBO Max based on Stanley Kubrick's lost film, Napoleon. I am very interested in this. Now, because, And I think Spielberg's the only person I trust with this because Spielberg already kind of made Kubrick's last movie, uh, AI, and I believe 2001 is when that movie came out. Uh, it was a movie that Kubrick was writing, and then he died before he finished it. So then Spielberg and a couple other people helped r- finish it, and then he directed it. So he kind of already made the last Kubrick movie, and now he's just doing it again. So, I mean, good. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Um, I don't know anything about Napoleon... I know about the person Napoleon. I don't know about the Kubrick film Napoleon. We'll see how that turns out, but 
honestly, I, I kind of have faith at HBO at this point. <laughs> I mean, just with The Last of Us. I, I, I realize that isn't the entire network, but also, like, HBO puts out a lot of quality stuff. Um, everybody and their dad loves The White Lotus, and everybody and their dad also loves Game of Thrones, the House of Dragon show. So, I mean, HBO's kind of on a hot streak, at least over the last couple of years of, of making some really good stuff. I also like Barry and Succession. Those are good shows. So, I'm sure this will be good. Anytime we can get a new limited series, I, I'd say the better, because I love limited series, because it's over. You're in and you're out. It's all done. There's no cliffhanger that you're going to have to wait the couple years to get. It's just done. It's nice. So we'll see. Uh, and then in, in a little bit of Star Wars news, it looks like the Ahsoka show is coming out in the fall. This is according to Rosario Dawson, who plays Ahsoka in the Ahsoka show. Uh, so there you go. If you're excited about that, get pumped. It's only six months away, roughly. Also, in a little bit of Star Wars news, it looks like that the next Star Wars celebration is not going to be next year, but it is going to be 2025. I don't know why they take years off sometimes, but they're taking a year off. I think the next one's in a couple of months. It's in Europe somewhere. It's in Anaheim, Europe, I would say, if I were to guess. So, there you go. I'm not going, so I don't know. I don't know. So that's it for the Star Wars news. I guess while we're in show news, we can talk about the Last of Us episode that came out. Uh, uh, yeah, what did you think? Very good. Yeah. I feel like this episode took the most liberties that we've seen so far. Yes. I think they all paid off pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like the... I liked the um, Native American couple at the very beginning. Yeah, they were, they were, they were <laughs> they, sick. They should have just been a. Uh, they should have just been in Jackson because I would have loved. Yeah, their dynamic. I love how great. like in the game, like Joel like breaks someone's knee in half to like get the map location down, and then in the show he's just like talking to this nice old couple. Yeah, I mean it's still a hostage situation, but it's not nearly as like <laughs> <laughs> the lady's just super chill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I really liked that. Um, I thought it was interesting, a little, a little foreshadowing, but Dina's in it just very, very briefly. Uh, I thought that was nice. I'm glad that they included her. Um, cause there's a line, there's a line in Last of Us 2 that I think that is referencing this moment. Um, because we don't see it in the game. Because, like, as soon as uh, Joel and Tommy reunite in the game, then Ellie just kind of runs off with Maria, and we never see it. But in The Last of Us 2, which I am currently playing on grounded mode, no less. It's awful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can't even see your health. You just have to guess. That's awesome. And you can't see how much ammo you have. You just have to guess. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Uh, but there's a line in the in the the game 
where she's like, yeah, I didn't, I, I wasn't used to seeing that much food in Jackson. Like I was, I ate a whole bunch and then I like hid some away. And then Dina's like, yeah, I saw that. Like I was so, you were so weird. An outsider like you never showed up like that. Um, and like, it was nice to see that moment in the show. Cause we never saw that in the game. Yeah. It was, it was nice to get that little reference to the last of us too. Also nice to see Dina before she gets pregnant. I wish we could have. I wish we could have seen Eugene because Eugene's my favorite. Yeah, I like Eugene. Real. Um, I can't wait to see him alive. True. I forgot. I forgot for like a you get second. To see everybody alive for a little bit. That's true. I I've, I for a little bit. I like while I was playing The Last of Us too. I like thought for a second. I'm like, wait, oh wait, like when they're back at the farmhouse, like does Eugene never like just show up and visit? Because that's like his kid. And then I was like, oh wait, never mind. I forgot, <laughs> and now I'm sad. Um, but yeah, uh, I was I was a really big fan of the the Tommy and Joel conversation, a little a little heart to heart they had during the movie that Ellie was watching. I don't I don't know. Did they ever show what movie it was? I couldn't tell if it was a real thing. They showed it for a little bit, but I didn't recognize it. Okay. That's not saying much, but yeah, I don't I don't remember. Uh, I wish I could be like ah, it is this movie, and that has rev like. Whatever, it makes sense because I don't remember. Uh, But yeah, while all that was going on, like Joel and Tommy like are in like a side room. Um, And in the game, Joel just kind of like shoves Ellie on Tommy and is like, well, you know the place better than I do. He doesn't really get into like why he doesn't really want to. But, I mean, like, Joel in the game keeps everything very close to his chest. I would say, like, throughout the entire, throughout the entire thing. <laughs> While he is alive, I don't think I've ever seen Joel emotional. Um, yeah. It, it may be when he's singing the song in the beginning of The Last of Us <clears throat> 2, but that's pushing Yeah, it. but, like, in the, full, the whole first game, like, there's very little. He is very much the video game character who just kills things and then has seems to have no remorse yes he's a video game character but in the show they're bringing it up a lot sooner which is good and i've i've been a uh you know not that every single thing needs to have a panic attack in it but i i i do i like that the show is taking at least a second to just show that these things are affecting him um because in real life it would, I don't. I don't think anybody could do the things that Joel does in the game and just be fine. Not that Joel is fine, but in Last of Us Two, the little snippets we get of him post Last of Us One, he seems like just a decent guy. Um, I don't think that would necessarily be the case. I think he would definitely have some PTSD stuff going on. Actually, probably everyone would, but it's nice that we're getting that a little bit. Um, and like, there are there, there's been moments through the show where like Joel isn't perfect, 
and he's been addressing that. That was the crux of his kind of conversation he had with Tommy. He was saying how he felt so inadequate. Like he's, it's not because Tommy knows the area better and he knows where he's going. It's like, I'm afraid that if I go and I take Ellie to this place, then like she's going to die and I'm not going to, I'm just going to freeze. I don't know. You know, that was kind of his argument. And it's like, I kind of get it. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. (laughs) It's, this is a tough one to kind of really analyze just because it kind of speaks for itself. But it's uh, it's really good. Like it's it's definitely some of the best acting in the show. Is is Pedro Pascal kind of breaking down in this moment? Um, and I mean, everybody does great, but he kind of carries this series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but especially this this part in particular, I was very very impressed. Um, especially because I didn't really know Pedro Pascal had this in him. He's in Game of Thrones for, like, two episodes, and then he's in Mandalorian, but he just has a helmet on all the time, so I don't know. I don't know if he's acting in there. Who uh, knows? Who knows? But, yeah, I was, I was very, very impressed. And I know that the guy who's playing Tommy does not play Tommy in the game. The guy who plays Tommy in the game actually is in the show already. But man, that guy sounds exactly like Tommy, and I don't know how yeah. they did that. <laughs> they just took the other actor's voice and then dubbed it over. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. Because uh, Joel, it, it doesn't sound like one-to-one, but it's like, yeah, it's definitely the spirit of it. Um, yeah. It, it's one of those where it's like, if you've ever seen, like, sometimes, like, when actors do impersonations of real people sometimes they do it like absolutely spot on like Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury it's just like the way he talks everything sounds exactly like Freddie Mercury did um and sometimes actors just like they do something that kind of sounds like it but they don't want to try to do that because it kind of you're gonna get comparisons where it's like, oh, he did that. It was so close, but there's that and that and that. And there's like this artistic choice that actors sometimes make to just be like, I'm just going to do my voice, but I'm just going to make it a little lower. Or I'm going to just do a little bit of an accent so that people at least know who I am. And I feel like Pedro Pascal's kind of going that way, where he's like, I'm doing this little gruff thing with a little bit of a southern twang, but I'm not going to do like the Joel voice because... I, you know, I don't want to get those comparisons. I feel like the guy who played Tommy's like, I'm just going to do it and he can do it. I was like really impressed mm-hmm. with, with how the voice work was. Um, so yeah, I mean, this was a nice little, little in betweener. Got to see Jackson fan of that. Um, yes, are people upset that they race swapped Maria? Um, Probably not. I, I haven't seen I haven't any seen of that. About it. I remember yeah. when, like, The Last of Us cast was being announced, and then Sarah was, like, uh, black, and people were upset. Um, oh, I feel like those people are probably gone at this point. Maybe. Probably. probably have as, they probably don't have as big of a voice, since this is a TV show and not a video game. True. So people that watch TV shows usually go outside. <laughs> that is true. But, 
and those people are gone after the bill episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if this is your, if this is the straw, like, yeah, I mean, or or the or the communism of it. I, I, yeah, I was I was a little, um, like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they portrayed it in like uh, actually like yeah, that is how it works. I'm glad they actually did a basis or amount of research to be like, okay, that is how that would work. It's an anarcho-communist uh, commune, with, yeah. but it, it still works. I mean, it, Joel didn't know what he was talking about, but I don't expect Joel to know what he was talking about. Yeah, that, that's what was that. funny was, like, yeah. Tommy didn't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, like, yeah, that is that is what that is. <laughs> Tommy just thought, he's like, oh, yeah, everybody kind of shares all the food. Everybody shares all the work. It's <laughs> nice. It's like, and Joel's like, it's communism. And he's like, yes. well, then Maria's like, yeah, no, yeah, we are is, communists. Yes. Yeah, no, that, that is, that is what happened. I'm like, wow, I don't think I've seen a single piece of Western media that's like actually been like, yeah, huh. Here that, it is. That that's doesn't like show it. Is. Yeah. It doesn't show it just like, oh, or millions of dead bodies, not enough for yeah. you. Communist scum. In Venezuela. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it because I was like, oh, well that's faithful. I'm surprised <laughs> that that made it in. Um, but yeah. I mean, it makes complete sense with jackson I'm no like, yeah, yeah this is how this would function it's a it's kind of remote area so it'd be easy to set up like all these kind of things so yeah i was like yeah that, that's awesome like I, I got communism and radiohead in this episode so like i'm, I'm good oh there was a radiohead in yeah, it the big two yeah and in, in the bedroom scene there's a radiohead poster in the background oh i didn't even notice I'm like that. yo <laughs> i got radiohead and communism my day is made <laughs> There you I go. Got, all my boxes were checked and I wasn't looking for either of them. <laughs> but the bedroom scene was so one-to-one, it was kind of scary. Yeah, it was like, it was the like movements the same and the delivery way. and the timing and the camera angles were all mm. like the exact same. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think they literally just ripped the script and then just... Because yes. it sounded... I mean, it's been like a couple weeks since I played that, but like... It sounded exactly like it did. Um, all of like the set, the 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 beats were exactly the same. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think, I don't remember how how that all goes. But also, like they don't sleep on it in the game like they do in the show. No, it's it, just like well, what happens going. in the game is they go and like or like Ellie runs away and then Joel has to go find her. So that's. Yeah, that, which that was removed. Which you know you don't it's need. Strange. The only reason that they do that, I think, is because while you're going to find her, you're fighting bandits that are attacking Jackson. So I feel like it's just like the only reason that Ellie ran away is so that you, there's gameplay moments in yeah, this exactly. like emotional part. Yeah. Uh, just where it's just all cutscenes. You need to have this. If you want to have this story beat in it, then you have to satisfy the people who are actually playing the game. Um, which, honestly, as I was playing that part in the game, I'm like, this feels weird. Where it's just like, we're riding our horse through the woods, we're tracking Ellie, and then just randomly bandits attack, and it's a shootout thing. Where it's like, okay, this doesn't feel exactly right. But um, it works a whole lot better in the show. Where it's just, you can just have an emotional episode where it's just a bunch of dialogue and stuff. Um, I'm just, I'm waiting to see the, that, that photo of Joel and uh, Sam. Because, uh, wait, no, what's, what's his daughter's name? Sarah, not Sarah. Sarah. Yeah, I want to see that photo. 
of of them and the trophy at the soccer game or whatever. Uh, how they're gonna if they're gonna recreate it, I think that'd be pretty funny. I don't know, but yeah, I mean. There, there's not really a drop in quality, even if like this episode isn't like one of the big emotional. This isn't the Sam and Henry episode. This isn't the Bill episode. This isn't the Outbreak Day episode. It's um, a big character building episode, though. Yeah, I'm wondering if I'm gonna do a prediction. I did not see the. Here's what's happening next. I did. I, I, well, I, I saw like I scrubbed through. So I do know. Okay, well, so I'm going to let you know if you're right or not, if you want me to. Okay, uh, well, my prediction is we're falling square in left behind territory. So, you're correct. Um, the DLC for the first Last of Us game, which is, I'd say, like 50% is Ellie and uh, Riley. They're them getting bitten, and then the other 50% is Ellie trying to find a like some antibiotics and stitches for Joel so that she can patch him up and he doesn't die. I, I straight up, if I'm this is my prediction, is that the next episode is just going to be left behind. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> From the picture or two I saw, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's what's happening. Yeah, because like, yeah, that makes sense for pasting. I was wondering where they were gonna put that in there, but that, well, yeah, that does make sense. Well, we know Riley's in it. We know that yeah. we're gonna get this. Yeah, it would make sense. It honestly makes like playing that DLC is honestly great. Like it's uh, mm-hmm. without like just taking out like the gameplay stuff, just like play just story wise, it's a great little juxtaposition where like you're watching. Ellie lose theoretically the first person um, that she loses throughout the course of this journey that she's going on as she's trying to save the one person that theoretically can get her to the end of it. Um, It's a great little juxtaposition. So uh, if I were to guess it would just, it would literally just be that DLC I'm um, guessing so. I feel like they could fill an hour with that. Yeah, just cut back to and fro. Yeah. You don't have that to That means do... the last three episodes might be all heavy hitters. See, yeah, because, like, I was... I looked it up, because that was episode six. Yeah. Um, so we have three more, right? War, yeah, well, yeah, because there's nine episodes. The rest of this game is, like, there's not a whole lot left. Like, the cannibals, and then the oopsie-doopsie Joel Massacre. Yeah. Um, That's, like, all that's left in the game. The game is very front-loaded in terms of, like, stuff that happens. Winter and Mm. spring are very short. So you kind of have to have one episode that's left behind. And I think this is going to be left behind, then cannibals, then whoopsie-doopsie Joel Massacre. I feel like that's that makes sense pacing wise too. Yeah, I think that's what they're going for, which makes yeah, it makes sense. So, that's my prediction. I I like 99% sure. Yeah, you uh, are. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh that'll be good. We'll 
we'll have stuff to talk about there, I'm sure. Uh, I'm maybe. Sure <laughs> I don't know. We'll talk to whatever you have for their episode at this point. So. Well, yeah. Uh, not 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 a whole lot this time, but. No, but like still. There's yeah. a lot of cool things where I'm like, ooh. Yes, there's, there's plenty to like nerd out about. Yes. Um, even though I'd say that the... Um, the show isn't just like full of remember berries. Um, like I feel, and maybe this is more of a thing in movies where it's like, we're making a new Ghostbusters, So we're going to put a bunch of things where it's like, Oh, remember the proton pack. Remember the Ecto one. Remember the, the little crunch bar that Bill Murray gave the Harold Ramis and like one throwaway line. But it's like you're not really gonna get that in an adaptation of a TV show. Yeah. That being said, there's been so much giraffe stuff. True. In this, and I realize that that's also a thing in the game, where there's that that Jidang giraffe plushie shows up like oh, at God. least like three or four times before. Yeah. I'm wondering if we're gonna get the Sam robot since that wasn't really like a thing that happened. I don't know. I, I guess, know. like, the notepad was kind of for that replacement for the robot. So yeah. I wonder if that's going to do anything next season. I don't know. The Last of Us 2 has a lot of funny little Easter eggs, too. So I'm wondering. I don't know. They might just do it different in the second season. Second season's going to be crazy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm like, as I'm playing the second one right now, I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be good. It's such a good season. Pump, pumped for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, while you noticed the Radiohead poster, I noticed that there was a giraffe poster in the room. Exactly. I'm like, oh. That's all I needed for like a little, like, look at that. Little Easter egg. Radiohead. <laughs> Radiohead. Which, no, the Radiohead thing's like a bear. It's not a giraffe, unfortunately. Yeah, it was like the old Radiohead logo because this was like, well, 2000 collapsed in like 2003. Three, yeah. It would have been like. It was like an old Radiohead logo. It was like the it was the Benz. logo. Yeah, like the Benz kind of logo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, <laughs> based. Which I guess in 2003, that would make sense. Because like, yes. I feel like 2003 was like, well, I don't know. I wasn't really cognizant. But like the 2000s <laughs> were like people put like Radiohead posters and stuff. Like they were a, they were a somewhat accessible uh, rock outlet at that time. Yes, until Kid A came out in 2001 or 2000 or whatever that was. Yeah. And they went all beep, boop, beep, beep, boop, boop, <laughs> And then got even better. Yeah. Well, I feel like you don't see as many Radiohead posters as you did back then. No. I feel like they, 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 they aren't as accessible. Poster. I don't have a Radiohead poster. Oh. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Uh... Yeah, that's it. I think that's it for Last of Us. That's all I wanted to say. It was really yeah. good. I enjoyed it. It was just pretty good, you know. Um, move on to movie news. Don't have a whole bunch. Um, Pete Doctor's been doing some uh, interviews about some of the Pixar movies that have been announced. Toy Story 5. He said, out of like everything toy story 5 was the one that was the most vague and i think it's just because disney just sprang it on them because they're losing subscribers 
he was just like, yeah, Toy Story 5, it's going to have stuff you've never seen before. And I'm like, that is, that is a, a movie. Every, every time you go see a movie, it's something you've never seen before. Assuming that you haven't seen the movie before, literally. Um, and when it comes to Toy Story 5, it probably is stuff I've seen before, if I'm being honest. Yeah. So I've seen the first four Toy Story movies. What if they pull a, a, a Pinocchio where it's just like in uh, fascist Italy again? Mm. <laughs> a prequel. Yeah. I... Uh, Actually, that would be kind of sick. The American Revolutionary War as told by the Toy Story characters. You know what? I, I would love a Great Depression Toy mm, Story yes. movie where it's yes. like everybody's really sad and it's just like all of these like really kind of dumpy dolls that are made out of like potato sacks or whatever yeah. and they have to <laughs> entertain children that really... It's pretty well, bleak. The children will probably be working 12-hour days. Well, that's so. true. Well, that gives them time to go time. on misadventures. Yeah, exactly. The <laughs> kids are gone for quite a while, so the toys can <laughs> the toys can do whatever they want. Yeah, they can go to Al's Toy Barn or whatever. They probably own the factories. <laughs> that's just toys on the factories. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's the twist. The, the toys are the bourgeoisie. Yes. I knew it. I always knew that that Woody had it too easy. True. Uh, yeah, I also said saw that he said something about Lightyear, and he was like, yeah, I think we missed the mark on that, because people, when they saw it, they assumed it was going to be a Toy Story movie and not a sci-fi epic. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what you get when you market it as a Toy Story spinoff. Yeah. Uh, if you want to do a sci-fi epic, do a sci-fi epic. That That's what I would recommend to anyone. Don't make him look on. like just like the most basic white dude, like video game character. Yeah. Ever that might help. Yeah. He uh, looked like he was about to like put on his, uh, uh, don't tread on me shirt and go to Applebee's <laughs> for like half off jalapeno poppers or something. That is true. That is true. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much of, I'm, you know, I'm sure that, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. But if I were to guess, I would assume that someone had an idea for a sci-fi epic at Pixar. And then Disney was like, oh, hey, we can make that marketable. 2001, that's Space Odyssey, but it's just Buzz Lightyear <laughs> instead. Yeah, that's what, that's what you want. Yeah. And I, actually, from what I... Interstellar, but it's buzzing. That, that's what I was going to say. But Lightyear is more like Interstellar. Because I think the crux of Lightyear is that he goes on a space mission. Uh, and then, like, the gay kiss, that that part of the movie. Yeah. Um, the, the half second that that... The happened. half second that that took up, Yes. Uh, that chick is like one of his like best friends and he goes on this space mission. It alters time and he comes back and then like he's friends with like her granddaughter or something, which is pretty similar to like Interstellar's thing of like going on this mission and it altering time because you're close to like a black hole or whatever. Yeah. It does kind of seem like Interstellar, but Buzz Lightyear, which is the weirdest premise <laughs> for a movie. Um, honestly, it might've been interesting if it was not Buzz Lightyear. 
I think it just kind of threw people off. I mean, I haven't seen it. I'm not going to see it, but I don't know. But he, he did say something about Inside Out 2, which I guess is something that he can kind of talk about because he made the first one. Um, he said it's going to be um, a bit more truthful and broaden the scope. Again, he's being real vague here. I don't know why he was in this interview. If he's just like, yeah, we're going to be uh, changing it up in this movie. Um he said, it's got a real great heart to it, a really great core that is central to some of these new emotions showing up. Which I feel like we knew already. I feel like we knew that this was going to be some new emotions stuff. I think this is like Riley when she's hitting puberty. So, like, there's new emotions showing up. Are they going it's to... be awful. Yeah, I know. Also, Pete Doctor's not involved. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not going to be good. Um, it's going to be the finding Dory of Inside Out, yeah. which, um, yeah. I think I've gone on record before as saying Pete Docter is maybe the best creator out of Pixar. I would say period. Um, I, I, I know, what's his name? The guy who made um, The Incredible, it's like Andy, I want to say it's Andy Bird. It might be Andy Bird. It's not. That's the CEO of Pearson Education, okay? Same thing. Same guy. Uh, oh, Brad Bird. That's it. Um, he made, like, The Incredibles and Ratatouille and stuff. Um, so don't get me wrong. He definitely makes some good stuff. Um, but Pete Docter, his Pixar movies are... I feel like they're always really, really transformative in a way that other Pixar movies aren't. And it always seems like he's trying to tackle actual themes that kids may actually have questions about. Um, where it's like, I'm going to try to use like an actual example that... I'm trying to think of a modern Pixar movie that maybe missed the mark a little bit. I'm going to say Onward. It tried to tackle the same theme that Up did, but I'm just going to say it's not as well. Because um, I say Onward, the main thing is grief and finding a purpose after a, a loved one dies, which is exactly the same theme as Up. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a concept that like artsy, like little art house movies talk about, where it's like, I am sad. Literally three colors blue, which I'm going to be talking about very shortly, talks about the same thing. Um, but he used, he like takes these really heady concepts and, and makes them accessible to kids, which I think is very, very valuable. It's a very noble thing to try to do because I feel like kids' movies, a lot of creators in the kids' space will dumb down movies because they don't think that kids can handle it, or at least parents don't think that kids can handle it. Um, it seems like parents these days just want colors and lights to distract their children for an hour, a couple hours, um, instead of actually instilling some sort of message. And Pete Docter has spent at least the last three movies of his career really pushing that envelope 
where it's like up is about grief and finding purpose inside out is how to manage those emotions up there. Something that adults don't haven't really figured out. Uh, and soul is about the meaning of life. Uh, all three of those and music. and music. Well, that's true. But I feel like that's just kind of like a, uh, little vehicle for these kind of serious questions. I guess up is about a, a, a house with balloons on it, but it's, it's about more than that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've always, I've always really, really appreciated that about Pete Doctor. Um, and now I'm going to add the Puss in Boots guy because I would say that this new Puss in Boots movie does the same exact thing. I really should know this guy's name by now. Yeah, it's Joel Crawford. I'm going to throw his name in the hat here um, because, man, I'm really interested to see what he does next. I don't know how he explains mortality to kids, but he did it pretty well. He did it really well. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'd say he did it better than Soul. Yeah. I mean, Soul's Soul's pretty good, but man, I have not stopped thinking about Puss in Boots too, <laughs> which is crazy. But um, it's it's so good. Uh, but. Yeah, so I guess Inside Out 2 is a thing, and Pete Doctor is just kind of there. I believe the story's supervisor from Onward is making Inside Out 2. So, or, or they're, they're um, the director. I believe the writer from the first Inside Out is going to be uh, writing the second one, and the, the script supervisor is going to be coming back, or story supervisor or something. Um, but yeah, Pete Doctor is not going to be the man at the helm, which is a little disappointing. I would say the only person I'd trust with a Pete Doctor spinoff is Pete Doctor, which has not been the case with the Up Show or Inside Out Two, or the Soul spinoff. But I haven't seen that. There's like little things about the the was it Forty Two? Is that the little spirit's name? The little edgy one. Uh, I don't remember. It's some number. But they have a little Disney Plus show about their little wacky misadventures. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Uh, now let's talk about Three Colors. I'm not going to try to pronounce the guy's name again. I'm just going to call him Kristoff. Even though that's not how you pronounce it at all. I'm Kristoff. I'm Kristoff. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he pulled a little bit of an Arca, or kind of an Arca mixed with Mac Miller, um, because he, he was like, I'm gonna go sicko mode, and he released three movies in two years, uh, and then he retired and died, like, right after, so... Yeah, these are his last movies, and I, he knew they were gonna be his last movies, um... So it's, it's interesting. That aspect of it is actually very cool. And from what I can tell, I've not seen any of his other movies. I don't, I don't, uh, watch a whole bunch of Polish movies, except they're all French kind of. Ew. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know how I keep doing this. I keep watching movies that are French, but aren't French. 
Like I just talked about um, Z, which is an Algerian movie, but it's in French. And this movie, or these makes movies sense. are Polish, but they're in French. That, that makes less sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I think, well, and they're based on French. It's blue, white, and red after the French oh. tricolor. Um, I believe at some point he must have moved. He must have immigrated to France at some point. Um, Maybe he just really likes France from afar. I doubt it. I don't know how someone would like French from afar. Yeah. (laughs) Or up close. (laughs) Or up close. Um, But I tried watching some video essays about this because these trilogy, this trilogy, I am completely lost like this this went completely over my head um yeah it's kind of like the cornetto trilogy in that none of the stories are really connected but then the last like five minutes of red connects the movies um so i would say you don't necessarily have to watch them in order blue white and red you can maybe do white, blue, and red, but red has to be last, I guess. But the ending isn't, like, when I was watching, like, looking it up before I was watching the movies, people really seemed to, like, hammer home that the ending of red is going to significantly change your view of how you view the other movies. Um, I can't think of a single thing that maybe does that. I, I'm, but I haven't seen anybody try to pull this off. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll kind of briefly go over all three movies because they're all very, very different. Uh, but Blue, um, also they're all based on, or each one is based on a different tenant of the French Revolution, supposedly. He denied it when he was alive for a very brief moment after these movies were released, but also he kind of did confirm it. It's, it's a little up in the air whether or not that this is based on the French revolution. But, um, the first one is Liberty. Uh, oh, what, what are they? It's Liberty. And then there's fraternity. What's the last one? French. Revolution. Uh, Which one? There's, there's liberty and fraternity equality. That's it. Yeah. So blue is liberty, white is equality, and red is fraternity. Actually, that does make a lot of sense. Okay, I don't know what Shristoff is talking about because <laughs> this makes too much sense. Liberty, blue, it's about. A, a nice couple and a young child are going on a fun road trip and then whoops car accident the husband and child are murdered well not murdered they just die it wasn't foul play they just died um very tragic so then the rest of the movie is just like the the wife just being like i'm really sad um and i i guess why it's like liberty is theoretically she was liberated from her relationship that she was in 
um, liberated from the duties of being a mother, I suppose. Um, even though she didn't really want those things. But it is revealed over the course of the movie. I guess I'll go into spoilers. Spoilers for Three Colors Trilogy. Um, but it's revealed throughout the course of the movie that maybe her husband wasn't the best guy. Um, but what's interesting about this movie is that her husband was a famous composer. And he was writing a... I guess, piece of music that was going to unite Europe. Like, it was going to go on tour to a bunch of nations in the EU, and they were going to be like, ha-ha, we are going to unite and all be one big country and be very nice and cool. Uh, but then he died before he finished it, and then his wife was too grief-stricken. When she saw the music and it's like work in progress formed, she threw it in a dumpster and watched it get trash-compacted by the garbage truck. Um... So, uh, I guess Europe's not going to be united after all, which is a little unfortunate. I think we all would have liked a giant Europe country. I know I would. Um, it'd make it harder to pick on the French, which would be unfortunate, but... Yeah. I guess that's okay. That's all right. But, over the course of the movie, you kind of see her, like, accept her new life as a single woman she sells all of her belongings and then she just like lives in this little apartment in Paris she like cuts off everybody from her pre previous life and just learns to be her own self um yeah I mean it's pretty good I think I think blue is probably my favorite one um, that being said, I gave it three and a half stars, so it was, it, I didn't love it, but, like, I, I got this one, I think. Um, white, I did not get the ending at all, and this one's so, so weird. Um, so this movie is about a Polish man, so there's the, there's the crossover. This is, should have been about this guy the whole time. Shishtof should have made it about a Polish guy the whole time. Um, and it starts off in a divorce court where this Polish man is being divorced by his French wife. And um, she's like, I don't want to be married to this guy anymore because he's never consummated the marriage. And he's just like, uh, I guess he has a hard time getting it up, which, I mean, who doesn't? So... Maybe don't divorce him. Maybe try being nicer to him and help him get his anxiety under control. Because, uh, you know, because he really loves her. And you can tell, like, he's, like, heartbroken by this. And he's being, like, treated poorly in the courts because he doesn't speak French. So, like, whenever he's trying to defend himself or at least talk to the judge, give him his side of the story... He's talking through a translator and the judge like cuts them off all the time because it's like, I don't have time for this, whatever. I can tell that this guy's like a loser idiot and she's really hot. So like, whatever, I'm not going to listen to this guy, whatever. He doesn't deserve to be with a smoke show like her anyways. Um, and so then like the whole movie is him like going full on Sigma grind set. He like starts a business he, like, uh, join, he joins, well, first of all, he joins, like, a Polish mob, and then he kind of backstabs them, 
uh, and like he hears that they're going to buy this like land. And so then he like jumps in front and buys the land before them and then sells it back to them for like 10 times the value. It's real Sigma grind set. There you go. That's how you do it. Um, Somehow he doesn't die. I don't know how he doesn't die. They're just like, yeah, this guy's got umta or whatever. He's got some cojones. So we'll just let him live and let him extort us out of a bunch of money. Uh, but then he starts a business, and then he fakes his death. And then his, his he invites his wife to the funeral. But before that, he <laughs> sends a letter to his lawyer, basically giving making a will that's like, I'm going to give everything to my ex-wife. Fakes his death, gets his wife to come out to the funeral, and then... Um, and then he like shows up in her bedroom after the funeral. She's like crying at the funeral and and he's like, okay, let's have sex. And then they have sex and she's like, wow, this is super great. This is what I wanted from you. And now you're super rich, but this is a gold digger prank because, oh, you didn't like me when I was a virgin idiot guy who had no money and now you only want to talk to me when I have a bunch of money see you later bitch I I'm gonna get a better honey who likes me for me I guess Uh, and he leaves and then the police arrest her because they think that she murdered him uh to get the will and that she's she's just doing all this for the money and so then that's how that one ends it's all, it's all a big prank. Um, Red is way too hard to explain, and I just watched it, like, an hour ago. So, like, I'm not going to go too much into detail here because, honestly, I haven't really... <laughs> I don't understand what happened. Um, but, basically, it's about, like, a uh, a woman who lives in Geneva. So, is that Sweden? Or is it Switzerland? Switzerland. Switzerland. She's going to school in Geneva, but she's also a model. uh, And she takes, like, ballet classes. She does recitals for that. Um, So she's a very beautiful woman. And as she's driving home from a photo shoot that she's doing for a gum company, she runs over a dog. Um, Whoops. Oopsie doopsie. I accidentally ran over a dog. And so then she looks... You know, you just, it happens. You're driving in Paris. There's just stray dogs all over the place. Except this one's not a stray dog. It's just a dog that ran away. So she looks at the collar and she goes to meet the guy whose dog this is. And like the house is like unlocked. The doors are like left wide open. And this dude's just sitting in front of the radio. And so then she's just like, hey, yo, like, are you alive? Like, what's going on? And she's, he's like, yeah, no, what's up? Why are you in my house? She's like, oh, yeah, I ran over your dog. He's like, oh. And he, like, doesn't care at all. Like, she's like, why why are you like this? If it was your daughter, would you have a different reaction? And his reaction is, I don't have a daughter, which I guess is fair. Fair. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's, like, this weird they develop this weird kind of bond because like she just keeps the dog because she's like whatever he doesn't even care that i ran her over uh so she just like 
takes a dog to the vet. The dog's fine. It just has, like, a broken leg and a few bruises, but, like, it's fine. Um, And then she just, like, keeps going back to this guy, and then she finds out that this guy, his radio that he's been listening to, it picks up, like, local phone calls, and he's spying on all of his neighbors. He's hearing all of their conversations. Um, and so then, like, the rest, uh, the rest of this movie is more or less a debate on whether or not humans are inherently good and therefore deserve privacy, or if humans are bad and therefore deserve to be spied on. And the movie, I don't think it necessarily takes a stance on this. Um, the, the, the man does eventually end up turning himself in and telling all of his neighbors that he's been spying on them. Um, only because of this weird kind of friendship bond that he has with this woman. By the way, this guy's like old. I don't want to, well, not old, old. He's maybe like, 50s and 60s and she's a college student and there's no like romance between them it's just this weird kind of like friendship thing they have um and so it's yeah it's all kind of weird and while all this is going on there's like this side plot of this other guy who's a retired judge or not a retired judge, he's an aspiring judge. The guy who's spying on people is a retired judge. And there's, like, so many parallels between their lives, and I was, like, convinced that this was going to be, like, a weird time travel movie where, like, this young judge that we're looking at is the old man uh, in the past, but, like, it's, like, this weird, like, spiritual ghost thing where it's, like, oh, the... The, the model chick and this aspiring judge are, like, going to end up being destined for each other. And, like, she's going to, like, fall in love with this young... Or this old judge. And then find this young judge and it's just him and his younger self. But that's, that's never a thing. They never meet. Until the end of the movie. And I guess this is where the big spoiler comes from. This is the big spoiler for the Three Colors trilogy. Um... She goes on a trip to the to England because her family's in England, except they all speak French. Everybody in this movie speaks French. In all these movies, they all speak French, even though they're from all over the place. Uh, she's going to go see her family in England, and uh-oh, the, the ferry that she was on falls over, and everybody but, like, seven people are dead. And it's like a, a big old ship that has like 1500 people on it um and you'll never guess who the seven people who survive are it's the lady from the blue movie it's Mm -hmm. another supporting character from the blue movie it's the polish sigma grind set guy the chick that he was trying to like blackmail which I don't know exactly when this happens in the timeline because he's supposed to be fake dead and she's supposed to be in prison. It's kind of weird. That was never brought up in the white movie that they just so happened to be on a giant fairy disaster where they both were miraculously the only survivors. Um, Yeah, they made it out. And then the young judge 
and the model made it out. And there's like a, th- a seventh guy who like, I don't, I don't remember him from any of the movies, but maybe I'm just stupid. Um, so that's the big twist. The big twist is that all of these people who more or less have nothing to do with each other were all in a big fairy disaster and they all survived. They're all the only survivors. What does that say? I have no idea. I'm stupid. And I hate artsy shit like this. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It was fine. Um, these these movies are very highly regarded. Shistoff Szeslowski is um, regarded as one of the best Polish filmmakers of all time. Maybe one of the best European filmmakers of all time. Um, but, ooh boy... I am just way too stupid for this movie. These movies, I suppose. Um, And I was lost. Like, about halfway through each of the movies, I'm like, wait, what? Why? What is this? And maybe there's a language barrier. I always have to acknowledge that whenever I watch a foreign movie that I don't understand. But also, I get old boy. I get a lot of the Korean movies that I watch. I don't know what it is about Korean movies. They get it. South Korean culture is very similar to U.S. culture, too. So That's true. Too. That is true. But also, I don't feel like there's a huge difference between West Europe and the U.S. Well, the issue is, like, Europe is so incredibly old. True. That, like, if especially if it's a historical, like, retelling or, like, deals with any history of any of these countries, they're so old. Yeah. That is true. With like South Korea, at least like modern South Korea, was literally built up with U.S. in like the fifties backing. Yeah, so yeah. it's very recent. So we are able to latch on the cultural things. That is true. That is true. Um, and I liked Amelie. I saw somewhere someone said that. Um, that I think Blue is the somber step cousin to Amelie. And I was like, yeah. I totally get that. I love Amelie. That's just a great movie. Um, that's maybe one of the only French movies I like. I, I don't know what it is about French movies. I tend not to, to get it. Um, or they, they tend to be very visually striking, and they tend to deal with emotion and romanticism. Um, but also, they tend to get... They, they're so long... <laughs> and which actually I can't say because all of these movies were under an hour 40 so these weren't long but like I feel like there's a lot of downtime in French movies like not a whole lot happens like I just summed up three movies in maybe like 15 minutes and I probably I wasn't leaving out a whole bunch um yeah, I don't know. There, there's just it feels like kind of like watching a spaghetti western, in that a lot of <laughs> um, Italian westerns are just ah look at this horse ride in the desert for a really long time, and then we're gonna have a dialogue scene where none of the people are speaking the same language, and then it's gonna be another five minute scene of a guy riding his horse through the desert. It's kind of the same vibe. Um, but I haven't seen a French movie that isn't, that doesn't take place in a modern 
period. Uh, or at least modern in when they came out. Um, I have not seen a historical French movie. Maybe they exist. I'm sure they exist. I'm sure they probably do. Uh, French cinema. There's a very big French cinema scene over yeah. there. So I'm sure it exists. I just have not seen them. Uh, but at this point, I have seen at least five French movies. If you count the French movies by a Polish man as French, then I have seen five French movies. And I liked one of them. So, it's not a great track record. Actually, I like John Dealman. I like two of them. I'm never going to watch John Dealman again, but I did, I did somewhat like it. So, yeah, that's, that's it. I'm not going to watch any more foreign movies for a minute. I'm going to take a slight detour and watch stupid comedies. So that's that's what's on my docket. Uh, I should have taken the hint. I think I tried to overcorrect a little too hard because I watched Pacific Rim last week, and I'm like, this is just stupid Hollywood. I don't like this at all. I'm going to go back to real cinema. Then I watched three French movies that I didn't really like. So, yeah. And maybe I just discredited myself as a film critic for not liking these movies, but... Whatever. I don't care. I think all these require context before you even watch them anyways. Yeah. Like, when I was watching the, the like, video essays explaining this trilogy, a lot of it was like, well, this is more or less a summation of Cheslowski's entire work. So you should probably see all of his movies before watching Red. It's like, I'm not yeah. going to do that. Are you kidding me? This guy was a super prolific Polish filmmaker throughout, like, the 60s and 70s and 80s. Uh, I'm not going to go back and watch all of his movies. I will probably end up watching a couple more of his movies because they're also very highly regarded, but not right now. So, yeah. Sorry. But that's it. That's it for, for stuff I'm going to talk about. I do have one thing in music, but we'll get there when we get there. I'll, I'll switch on over to James. James. Let's see what happens in music this Not week. Not a lot. Not okay. a lot. Okay. I didn't, I didn't listen to anything. Well, new albums, technically, I didn't listen to. Um, I haven't been listening to a lot of music in general. But, okay. Uh, Skrillex released two albums this week. Oh, one I apparently thought... apparently is pretty right. good. One apparently is awful. I heard that he was releasing a album. He did two? There was two, yeah. One oh. came out on the 17th, one came out on the 18th. Oh. The one that came out on the 17th, people are liking. The one that came out the next day, not. People are not liking it. <laughs> no. So. I saw that one of them had uh, Porter Robinson on it. Yes. Um, I think the good one has Porter Robinson on it. Oh, good. Because I think the good one is more actual EDM and less, like, aged dubstep formulaic. Oh. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, but I was like, I might listen to them, but I love, I'm not in the mood to listen to Skrillex right now, so I'll get to those when I get to them. Sure. I feel like you have to be in a very specific mood to listen to Skrillex, and I'm not in that mood. Yeah. Um, so this came out this week. What else do we get? Uh, the only thing that I was really interested in is uh, Black Country New Road 
they did a concert film that they released on YouTube. Uh, oh, okay. This is the first time we've gotten not studio quality, but like good quality recordings of the live performances of all the new songs they've been working on. Um, I think they were all pretty much the same track listing and everything than like their live performances early in the year. But now it's like mic'd up correctly. Everything sounds like it's a good live recording of it. Um, it sounds great. I don't know what this is going to turn into. Like if this is the album or if they're like, this is like their little like live thing that they've just been doing since they obviously can't play their old material and live shows, but they do have the tour in order to make money so they can keep continuing to make music. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what's the deal with this thing, but it is very good. Um, I, they didn't really skip a beat at all. I mean, it's obviously not going to reach the quality of the last album. That's kind of like impossible to do right now. Um, but I mean, it's still very like the singing from all of them has gotten a lot better. Um, Tyler and uh, Lewis especially have gotten so much better in their vocals. Like I am very impressed, um, especially with Tyler. Cause I, I watched some, uh, or Lewis, I mean, uh, I mean, in the early performances I watched on like the live ones with, with Lewis is doing it, like it's shaky. You can like tell that he has, he doesn't have a lot of singing experiences. Mm. Um, but now in this one, he's like, he's singing, he's got, he's got a good range going. Um, mm. so yeah, I think there's like a total of four different vocalists, um, like I had not really an album performance, I guess. Um, I think Tyler takes most of the vocals, but like, I think may has a couple songs and then Lewis has a couple songs. Um, Georgia does not sing at all on this performance, which is interesting because like she has the best voice out of the group in my opinion, but I'm guessing she just wants to differentiate herself from jockstrap, which she's the lead singer for. Mm -hmm. So that kind of makes sense. Um, but I still would like to kind of hear her vocals on a black country song cause she has a great voice. Um, but yeah, these songs are great. I mean, it definitely still has that like very warm, natural kind of art rock feel. There's a little bit more of like a, a little bit more of like a, a singer songwriter kind of vibe. There's a little bit of like Billy Joel vibes I was getting here, hmm. especially like Italian restaurant kind of things where it's like very warm instrumentals and like kind of more singer songwriter written um, songs. You yeah. don't have that moodiness of like uh, uh, you don't have the moodiness of the other records because it's a different vocal style writing delivery all of that obviously um but it's a good direction i mean there's still a little bit of post-punk in there but they've definitely like embraced this kind of art rock um style which mm. I, I don't know it, it's working really well it 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 was a great performance so i'm wondering where they're going to go with this i'm not sure if this is going to ever go to spotify i hope it does because there's a couple songs in there i'm like ooh, those are really really good um obviously it's not really like I don't think it's better than any of their other material, but I'm not expecting it to be. It's still like a really good level of quality though. So it's not really saying much. Um, they're still very consistent, but I guess we'll see what comes of this. But like, this was a fun thing to kind of have um, that I can kind of go, just go back to and watch whenever I'm feeling it. So yeah. we'll see what happens. I'm not really expecting an album from them this year. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing this is just kind of like their tour set list. And then they're going to like, Maybe, mm, I don't know, because I know some bands kind of like try new material on the road and then continue to like kind of rewrite and change certain things before they do a studio version. So yeah. that could be what they're doing here. Um, or it could just be for like the tour that they're doing now. But they had like some really cool like 
stage design and setup, and they had like, um, like little pamphlets at each show where it's like it looks like a like a high school theater play where you get like the little pamphlet where it's like here's all the people in the play and their character. Mm-hmm. So they just like made up fake little play pamphlets for every single show. Um, <laughs> so it's like very much very sketchy, very loose, very like they're just having a good time. So it, it's really great. Um, it's about like an hour, I think, but it's on YouTube. But it's you can just find it pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty much the highlight for me this year or for this week. Um, I, there wasn't really anything else <laughs> that I listened to. I don't think I can check my playlist again real quick. But um, oh, Gex had a new song, uh, "Hollywood Baby." That was pretty good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't remember it too much, honestly. I listened to it a couple times, but. Uh, yeah, they finally released like a, another single for this album that's coming out next month. Um, I'm guessing nice. this is the last single we're gonna get, considering it's only ten songs. Probably. Um, yeah, and there's, well, let's see, Doritos and Fritos is on it, and okay, yeah, this would be the third single then. Um, but there, there are some pretty great uh, song titles on this this record. So we have uh, "Frog on the Floor." That's one of my favorites. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna be a banger. Um, and then uh, the most wanted person in the United States. That that's that's a good, that's gonna be a good song. <laughs> and then right after that is I got my tooth removed. So <laughs> it's gonna be a good album. Yeah, it's nice to have songs that just are very true. Yes, true stories. Exactly. <laughs> um, in terms of like new things coming, Black just announced that he's dropping a new album next month. March. Oh really? Yes. Oh. So. Wait is finally over for that. I'm guessing we'll probably do a reaction to that. Yeah, I would like to do that. Um, yes, so I'm very excited for that one. Cool. Um, I don't know if we're gonna get a single or anything. I guess we'll. If we were gonna get a single, I would kind of imagine we get something this week or next week, just because like he kind of did an announcement. So I'd imagine he'd want to like drop the single kind of close to that. Yeah. But we'll see. I know he's got like some billboards out for it and everything. Um, I don't know how much we know about it, but I just know that it's coming like mid March. So. Very excited for that. March is going to be pretty good. Yeah, sounds like we're going to be... Wait, when does the uh, Boy Genius one come out? Uh, the 31st of March, so all the way at the oh, end of it. Okay. But still counts, I guess. Sure. Um, I think Gorillas comes out. Yeah, Girls comes out this week. Man. Yeah, we're going to be eating good. Yeah. It's nice. Finally. It's been the slowest start of the year ever yeah it's so weird like my top movie of the year is puss in boots and my top album of the year is lil yachty (laughs) (laughs) that's true we're in weird times right now yeah my Uh, favorite tv show of this the last of us like i don't know what's happening everything is wrong yeah everything's not where it's supposed to be (laughs) yeah uh but speaking of of stuff that that uh, may or may not, well, I don't know. It probably won't be coming out soon. But The weekend did say that, um, yeah, he's doing the, the, the concert on HBO thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, I think it's just, is it Don? I think it's just the After Hours Till Dawn thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's coming out on Saturday. But he said that this is going to be the last bit of Don FM content. And then the what's coming next is all going to be new stuff. So let's go. I'll be interested to see. I feel like we might get it later this year, honestly, because I feel like there was a a two year gap kind of between each of them. Because like, yeah, he, Dawn FM was like at the very beginning of last year. 
and after, after hours was like 2020 summer of 2020 yeah i mean so. it might come out it's just i don't want to say like it's gonna be coming out soon no it's yeah like, i feel no. like it's probably gonna be like end of the year or early next year but yeah that's good i kind of forgot about that where i'm like oh yeah he's he has another part of this thing yeah there's that the, we gotta finish the trilogy i yeah. suppose yeah uh it's gonna be interesting whatever it is i, I i'm pumped I am so hyped for an album that may or may not be coming out. Soon. I think a key reference that he wanted to do more like city pop stuff, like the closer on Don FM. So if that's what he, if that's where he's going, I'd love that. Okay, I mean, we'll see. I would like great. that. I love Don FM. Yeah, he's still number one in the world on Spotify. Really? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised by that too. That is kind of surprising. It's because everyone just loves that Avatar song. Yep. <laughs> I still have, I have not listened to that song. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. I don't even think I finished sure it's it. Just like, yeah. I think I listened to like the first two minutes of it, and I'm like, yep, this is a song that was written for Avatar. Yeah. And that it is completely forgettable. Makes sense. Yep. Most, it's o- most movie... <laughs> Most songs made for movies are like that, I think. Yeah, it's overproduced and forgettable. Which Unless you're like Lil Nas X and did like one way too hard on a League of Legends song. That's true. I I wasn't expecting a King's Dead, but I was expecting no, a yeah. D song. Yeah. And I, I King's don't Dead even... is the exception. Yeah. To the rule here, mostly. Well, I mean, most of the Black Panther soundtracks pretty cheap. Yeah, in good. general. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I did not go in with those expectations, but I do like the weekend, and I was like, well, maybe, but no, not really. Not really. So, yeah, there there you go. Is that it for podcast? I think so. Oh, okay, cool. Next week, I honestly don't know what's going to happen next week. I don't think we have anything to look forward to. Except, well, except there is that PlayStation thing. I I probably won't cover that in depth. My guess is that not a whole lot's going to come from it. But We'll go over the uh, uh, major groundbreaking historical event that will happen. Yep. (laughs) The third party reveal they talk about is Metal Gear Solid 6. (laughs) Out of nowhere, just something weird like that. PlayStation 6. Oh, <laughs> third party reveal on the PlayStation 6. I'm still mad about Call of Duty. PlayStation 6. <laughs> We're moving forward. The third party reveal is the Switch 2. Yeah. <laughs> We're partnering directly with Nintendo. Psych. Now we can get, put Call of Duty on. on We're merging with still. Nintendo. We're merging with Nintendo. So therefore, it applies to us too. We now hold the entire GDP of Japan in one company. <laughs> yeah. Do you think... Nah, I bet if if Nintendo was to get acquired by some big gaming thing, my guess is that the Pokemon company would remain separate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because that's going to be way, way too expensive for any one video game yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't think get. anybody could buy that. No. No. It would have to be Amazon Games. The whole even then it'd be like, oh my god! That's, the whole force of Jeff Bezos's wallet into one yeah. purchase. Uh, 
Which, I mean, he did just buy MGM, and he had to fork over a bunch of lo- money to the Broccoli family or whatever so that James Bond could be on Prime and not in theaters, so... Yeah, I feel like there'd be regulation to, like, stop that, but I, I know that no. it doesn't work properly, so... No. Not, I don't know. I feel like Amazon, as big as it is, doesn't have as big a stake in the entertainment industry, really. Like they no, have like, no. they have some decent shows and movies and stuff, and they do have technically a gaming studio, but like, I feel like they aren't making a whole bunch of stuff, except for money. Real. <laughs> All right. Bye bye.